Hey everyone, Dave here. Just wanted to let you know about an exciting new announcement if you've not yet seen it. Uh, we did just launch our completely free sales and marketing bootcamp in talking with a lot of people in the industry. Um, this is something that has really stalled out is how do we get more leads and how do we make more sales as we're in a totally different economy. So we got our heads together as a team. We rented out a recording studio and we made uh, a fully free course for you, how to get leads and how to book jobs. Uh, additionally to that, we have hosted it inside of our HSBC club uh, and we've had over 100 members join in the first week. So it's absolutely free for you if you're looking for a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. You don't quite have the budget yet for coaching. I'd highly recommend you go check out this bootcamp and I've linked it up right below. It's bolded uh, and you can join the HSBC club and get access to the bootcamp and start learning. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. that we're going to be covering today is going to be how to recruit rock stars in your home service business. So I know, uh, Dave, you you absolutely love this, this topic here. Uh, and it's just super good because we're coming into that season and we've noticed as well too with reviving a few of our clients is like the work was a bit slow at the beginning of this year, but then we saw on like the back end of that, the hiring was actually great. Like Dave, how many um, applicants did we, did yeah. we get? Yeah, we've had over now 115 applicants in a in a short amount of time. So, you know, I was telling Landon in seven years of Revive's history, like this is the most applicant deal flow that I've ever seen, which has me pretty excited for this year. Mm -hmm. and, and again, that's just a word of encouragement for everybody. But uh, we'll kind of just we have a few questions lined up. We'll, we'll keep this uh, about 60 minutes or something. But I really want to start us off with with the frame that we need to be focusing on because um i was reading a book called who not how and i'm you know you've heard dave probably say this a thousand times this sunday um and it's it's a matter of you know we get so caught up in actually like doing the work when we wear like hard work as like a badge of honor that's in the effort in um in time economy right and we want to switch over to the results economy which is like okay if i can pull like a a, a two inch lever i want a five foot return from that lever and i'll use this as an example um hands up anybody familiar with this guy called michael jordan don't know if you've heard of him but uh but hands up here yeah that's awesome right and in in how the book starts out is they were comparing michael jordan so uh for those who don't know his early career you know he's the the league mvp rookie of the year scoring champion for like the first three or four years right but he kept he, he made it i think the farthest he made it was was maybe second round of the playoffs, right? Could never get to the semifinals, let alone the finals, even to win a championship. It wasn't until they started to look outwards. Okay, Michael's our kind of who. He's one of the who's, but we need to surround him with other who's. So we have co coach Phil Jackson. We have a forward Scotty Pippen. We have a forward Dennis Rodman. It wasn't until that you started to collect other people around you that now they become the Chicago Bulls that we all know of today. And that's a great example that you can be the best window cleaner on planet Earth, 
you can be the best brush washing, be the best guy cutting grass, whatever it is. But unless you surround yourself with a team, you're only going to be able to maybe get to the second round of the playoffs, you know, maybe 250 K maxed out 60, 70, 80 hours per week. Right. And again, we want to get up to this, you know, multiple six, seven figure business. We also don't want to be killing ourselves in the process. So just wanted to start off uh, with the frame uh, of that, but Dave, anything else to add? I know that you're a big advocate of who not how before we jump in. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. I mean, I think you guys need to look at the skill sets that you've been able to develop uh, a lot of you over the course of a handful of years, uh, you know, to expect somebody to come in off the rip and do things as good as you uh, is, is kind of pie in the sky thinking. And so, you know, we're going to get into it in this webinar, but it's really going to start with first building the role out of what that position actually is. And then we're going to go to market and we'll talk about that today. What, actually recruiting looks like because you know similar to how you want to get lead flow in your business and and book a bunch of jobs uh, we want to do the exact same for uh, you know we call them our internal clients so we actually want to create some deal flow and some mix and sometimes we think it's the clients that build our business but I'd actually say like my mindset is it's our team and our employees that build the business and they're the ones that I entrust to serve our clients so I think as you evolve in the game of business you want to kind of reverse engineer it from the inside out uh, and that's like a page right if you read any books by Richard Branson he's all about I mean he's got so many companies now I don't even know how many but you know he he built the virgin brand with all these different divisions and he's very employees first employee centric and his beliefs that the employees care for the clients and uh, and he's built a one of the most successful businesses so I think it's someone we can all learn from yeah, absolutely. Which I think is a great point. Um, what are some common fallacies and mistakes that that we've seen, or that maybe you've made, uh, you know, anybody here has made, um, in general with hiring and then also managing employees? Like a couple of common fallacies that I'm seeing is, uh, you know, like common one I hear after thousands of business owners is no one will care. You know, and anybody raise your hand if this has been you. No one will care as much as me since it's not their business. Mm -hmm. that's big number one too right number two no this is such a common one and and i don't know i feel kind of offended when people say this but they talk about you know i'm 25 so maybe i'm comfortable like this millennial gen z i don't know but they're like nobody wants to work anymore and i'm like hey hold on a second like what <laughs> hold on hold on hold on <laughs> what do you mean right another common fallacy um i'll make more money working by myself this is a huge one um as well too um dave do you want to kind of touch on like Maybe yeah. some of these are maybe, maybe you have like some more to add, man, but those are like kind of some big ones that I've seen. Yeah, those are huge. I mean, I think it, you got to look at first, like start at ground zero, which is like, what kind of business do you want to have? And I think it's that quote, you know, that African proverb, if you want to go fast, well then go alone. But if you want to go far, then go together. And I think you know, when I was more like junior newbie entrepreneur, I was like, man, I would just want to do a hundred grand on my own and stuff 60 or 70 of it in my back pocket and like be good to go. But as you evolve in business, you see like, man, that quote so true. If I want to go far, like I need, I need to have a team around me. And so I think it like first starts with a mindset of why you want a team in the first place. Like you don't, want a big team to be flexing on Instagram or tell your buddies at the bar how many employees you have like employees if they're not trained and there's not built out systems um it's in, it can be incredibly chaotic so 
Um, that would probably be like the first thing, Landon. The second point I think is another mindset shift, which is like for you to literally say the phrase that no one can do something as good as you, I think is a, it's a state of pride and arrogance. And I think it actually shows like weakness of a leader. Uh, I posted on my Facebook a couple of days ago and, and, you know, got some good discussion going on of like, well, how do you actually increase your leadership skills? Because, you know, Landon, we've worked with enough people to know we're not, we're not coaching them to grow their business. That may be what they think, but we're actually coaching them to grow as people and as entrepreneurs. And the byproduct of that is their business growing. So just, just to add like a couple mindset, I think bedrocks just before we go any further. Yeah. I love that too. And I think it comes down to as well, like another common fallacy where we're, there's just not a clear vision and nor core values. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask, you know, how many people on this call are married, right? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, you get if you want, right? But when when you were dating uh, your spouse and significant other, like, firstly, if your core values were off, it's like not happening. Like, you know, I, I like her. Uh, you know, I like her. It's not happening, right? And we do the, you know, we do that. We look for that in our spouse, but we don't look at that for our employees who are, who are going to literally help build the business. It's, it's kind of crazy to me. Plus, as, you know, your spouse probably bought into your vision at some point and you bought into theirs. You guys had a shared vision and it's the exact same thing with employees. So it's like another common policy, you know, oh, I'll figure out my three-year vision down the line or yeah, I, I know what I stand for, right. As a, as a person, like my core values, but like not looking for that in an employee, I think is like another huge thing that we've seen. And it's like, that's where we're going to get these common fallacies of, well, nobody's going to care like my business or nobody wants to work as much as I do. Well, if nobody knows, if they just think that they're showing up to do X, Y, Z, and then they don't know where the company's going or the vision's going, it's like, what can yeah. you blame me? Yeah, man. You know, I know it's a common thing. The leaders that can effectively communicate their vision, I would say today, they're the, they're the contractors, they're the business owners that are going to win because I think we just don't ever press pause in our business for what it could be. We're like, Oh, we want a million dollar business. And okay, well, number one, why do you want that? And two, what does the path look like to get yourself there? And I think a lot of times we can do it with not even needing a seven figure business. A lot of you would be, I think, very happy running a half million dollar business with five employees, one office manager and two crews of two. And you could work 20 hours a week as like a sales rep and manage your, your business. Like that could be, make a lot of you like very happy. So I think like it's got to start with what do you ultimately want from your business? And then exactly what Landon said, like, what are your core values as well? And I didn't make core values Landon until like 2000 and 18 or so or 19 like mm-hmm. the first I already had like eight nine years of entrepreneurship under my belt until I kind of woke up and I read about it in books or you know webinars like these you're like oh core values okay like what's what's next tell me what I got to do well that is like after hiring 150 people in my service businesses um the core values are the biggest thing that you need to figure out um because we're teaching very tangible, trainable, tacit skills for someone to scrubber and squeegee a window. You don't need a six month training camp to do that, but you need to find those people with those inherently embedded values into how they view the world and how they conduct themselves. 
and they're going to make much better fits. Um, if someone's flawed with core values, for example, if you have a technician that is, um, you know, does not share the core value of excellence and they're like, you know what, seven out of 10, that window's kind of clean, it's good enough. That's going to be a value incongruency if you truly have the core value of excellence of like, we say at Revive, whatever we touch, it needs to be 10 out of 10. Uh, and if our team members don't see that, there's going to be a gap, there's going to be an incongruency, and that's not going to be a good long-term match. So that's, I think, married up your vision, do some brainstorming, What, where do you see this business going in three years, Landon? And then two, what are the qualities that a rock star employee, we call them, would possess? What are those three or four or five core values that um, that they would possess. And you definitely can't just Google core values and be like, Ooh, I like integrity. I like honesty. Like they need to come from deep inside, like who, who you are and what you, what your business exists to do. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's like three to five core values is, is kind of that sweet spot, right? Like we have to remember as soon as we start to, you know, give like a laundry list to somebody, about three to five is that sweet spot um, yeah. where anything above that, people are going to start, start, you know, start to forget, right? And it's again to where you want to be very specific and outlined, but it's also, you know, if we, if you, it can be as simple as, you know, excellence. What is the definition of that? Boom. Okay. Mm -hmm. How this relates. Here's our reason why. Simple as that. Again, following the theme of three. So three to five core values, maybe two to three explanations on, on each and every single core value. Um, as well there too but Dave I think it's so important like when we're when we're hiring like what's the methodology here because uh, you've taught me this and I absolutely love it and I, I mean it might sound like maybe even like cliche a little bit as a you know core values and vision is so overhyped mindset so overhyped but it is not really so Dave what's the methodology here like uh, that you've yeah. had at Revive Man um, and kind of what's a slogan that you've been able to keep with uh, as well to uh, the rod. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, again, this comes down to mindset, right? And so I really see my company revive as really a leadership uh, and development training company. Uh, and we happen to be experts in marketing and sales and customer service. But and we just happen to clean windows or happen to pressure wash driveways. So it's like, high level, we're training our people to be great leaders, right? That's the best way to grow a company. If you want to grow a company exponentially, well, grow leaders within it. And that's how you multiply the thing. How we're doing that, we're serving our clients at a high level uh, and, and being very good at marketing and sales. And a lot of that goes in with building a brand. And then we just happen to, like byproduct, we just happen to do the cleaning, do the roof cleaning. Now we're doing painting. We do Christmas lights. Like it's just the service that happens to bring in these dollars into our business, where a lot of people... They're like, I clean windows to make money, period, end of story. Like there's nothing to it. And if you want to grow a business beyond yourself, you need to become very good with attracting the right core value fits and then very good at training and ascending people through your organization. We taught a webinar, Landon, I think late in January inside the club here. And um, it was all about how we home grew our own managers from being on the truck with a squeegee to now Steve's my operations, like my right-hand guy. And that is because exactly what I just rattled off. We're a leadership and development company. So you need to start like 
looking inwardly with actually like what you're creating. It's not just about coming off this call and going and running out to your next quote to go book a job. It's actually pressing pause on this business and building out a solid foundation before you start riding the elevator up to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it kind of ties back to that, you know, parable in the scriptures, you build your house on the sand goes up quick. Again, that kind of that African proverb goes up quick, but as soon as you have any complexity or like big hiccups come in the way, like let's say you lose out on a 30 K commercial contract, you're going to be quick to fall, but we need to focus on like, you know, you're not just going to build a house on, you know, a hill you're going to excavate, put a solid concrete foundation and then build off your house. And this is those, those core values and that vision. And again, take our word for it, take it not. It's just, and like, <laughs> we could argue with you all day long that, uh, you know, these two things are so vital. Um, and, and the other thing too, as well, I want to touch on is the methodology where, again, as you grow the company, your employees are literally the byproduct of why your company grows. But it's also the slogan, that the methodology where the best company they've ever worked for. And this was, again, something I was literally first found when Dave, uh, you know, I remember our onboarding uh, when, I, when I came on board to work at Dave with, uh, at Revive. It was like, look, we want to be the best company you've ever worked for. And we're going to prove that to you. Now, obviously, it's a give and take relationship. But I've never had somebody, an employer, say that to me before. And that took me back. I was like, mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, maybe maybe I did make the right decision. Then again, obviously action has to come on top of that to reinforce that. But it's just having that methodology where you just care for your employees. They're yeah. not a burden. They're the biggest um, asset and investment you can possibly uh, have in your business. So, yeah, man, and um, I think I think a lot of us are building our business just in like a ninety day tryout. Like we're just dabbling with like, oh, we'll kind of see how it goes this year. And I've been there myself, but when you throw that out the window and you burn the ships and you just say, I'm going to build an amazing company for the next like minimum five years, I'd say ideally 10, 15, 20 years, like look at a decade from now and we're sitting in here, it's March of 2033. It's like, man, I'm glad I actually built the bedrock and built this thing properly. Then just go have, you know, a quick quarter two where you do a hundred grand and make good money. And then, then, then what? And so I think just like, the the lid of all of our businesses is the owner but more specifically it's the owner's mindset and if you guys can stop blocking your own success and just say what if we did stretch out the time horizon like what would happen if we attracted two or four or six or eight or in my case a team of about 10 and they all work together like what could be possible and so i just want to encourage everyone like try stretch out that time horizon because your competitors aren't doing it your competitors think they're running a window cleaning business. No, you're running a customer service business that happens to clean windows. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, we've seen that. So what are some, I guess, let's get granular. We've been almost metaphysical, right? Like all these concepts can be like hard to grasp. We get that. So like, what is like the, the roles and responsibilities um, that you're seeing, you know, what, what are your expectations of an employee? What are their expectations of you as a leader, which Shameless plug, uh, Wooden on Leadership by John Wooden. Mm. If you haven't read that book on leadership, by golly, you got <laughs> another basketball reference, but by golly, like there, there's a book recommendation there for you. You know, stuff like that, Dave. So if you want to yeah. kind of define the, the roles, responsibilities that you've seen both from employee and yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it all starts with drawing up what the role is going to be. And back to the mindset, like, why do we hire someone? We hire someone to actually buy back our time. And so really the trade that I'm making in Revive is when I'm getting myself off the truck growing this business, you're trading out, depending where your market is, could be 20, 25, maybe $30 an hour. You're trading out all of those $25 an hour tasks because you, it's worth it to to give someone twenty five dollars, and you're gonna in exchange, I'm gonna free up one hour, and that's the best way to look at it. Because the leverage points of your business will change, right? You go out and do a house wash today and make twenty five dollars an hour as a tech. Okay, that's one form of leverage. If you can be the manager and contract out that crew, you can make a profit margin on that. Or if you can be the owner, you can have multiple crews going and that's really a great point of leverage. So I think for hiring, it all starts for me with what is the role, Landon? And then two, what is the position agreement is very important. And so our position agreements, there are a couple pages, but it lines out what the actual role and responsibility is for the technician. In this case, I think most of you will be hiring technicians, potentially an office manager, maybe a sales consultant, maybe an operations manager one day. So you got to kind of work backwards of like what is expected, right? Sometimes we just, a lot of you do this, right? You text the new employee, the address, be here at 8 a.m. And you're like, boom, on the job site. It's like, we don't know what they're responsible for. Um, and so for our technicians, they're responsible for quarterbacking the job site, running a safe, profitable job site. Um, they're responsible for reviews and referrals. They're responsible that callbacks stay below 5%. They're responsible for closing up their end of day reports. They're responsible for maintaining the van. Um, they're responsible for a, a five out of five, uh, five-star experience with our clients. Um, so those would be a few things we'd be laying out on that position agreement. In addition, when are they working? Like what's the hours of work? Is there weekend work? Are you paying overtime? Um, do they get paid for holidays? Um, what are they have to wear for a uniform? Like all that stuff's lined out. So it's very much, we don't really say the word contract, but it's very much like an agreement of you with your team member, we call them or an employee, and they're signing off on it, you're signing off on it. And then guess what? When employee shows up late on May the 8th, one month into employment, you have something to point back to and say, hey, hey, Josh, um, you know, what's going on here? I noticed you showed up at 8.15 on the position agreement you signed. Um, you know, we're 8 to 4.30. So like, was this a one-off? Oh, sorry, sorry, Dave, my my dog was throwing up, whatever, won't happen again, I know. Okay, well, this is just a verbal, you know, I'm not gonna write you up for this, um, but uh, you know, if it happens again, I'm gonna have to take some action. So, you know, having that land in, I think is like your true north. I think a lot of people just don't even have that in their companies to start with. Yeah, I think so too. And it's like such a, it's a common thing. I I, I mean, I'll give you an example, the prime example. I was speaking with a gentleman, Tom, not gonna tell his, say his last name. Uh, yesterday, he owns an arborist company in uh, in uh, the Buffalo area. Been in business for about five years, uh, doing just under 400K. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Maybe I gave away too much. For about 35 minutes, uh, him and his brother own the company. For about 35 minutes, all he could do was just vent. Like he, I'm like, man, like he needed to vent, I guess, right? Like he was just having at it, just going off and off and off. And one of the big things that stood out to me was his brother 
is acting as the foreman, the production manager in the field. And his brother is trying to get across to his other, Tom is trying to get across to his other, his brother, like, man, you need to set expectations. You can't just show up on the job site. I mean, we've been business for five years, just showing up on the job site. You've read this year and you know the job details, but you're just like, okay, get to work, right? Like nobody, like there's a reason why, I mean, there's no wonder why they're having an issue retaining their employees. Nobody knows. Again, it ties into like almost like a vision in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. here's your job site checklist. Here's our SOPs. Here's our expectations of you. Without that, nobody can build a framework in their mindset that they can work off of. It's just scattered in, in absolute chaos and all over the place. And that's Tom is just one of many, many examples that we've seen. So it's like, if you take nothing away from this call, you know, adopt the methodologies, but then also adopt like the step by step process. Like, just have that conversation initially so that when you're a year down the line with the guy, you don't have to try and untrain bad habits. You just instilled good habits from the get-go uh, resulting in two to three, four times even results on your back end after a year with that, um, yeah. which actually paying, ha funny. Maybe we're alluding to something, Dave. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, I know uh, this is again, getting more like, you know, uh, nitty gritty. What's a pay structure like, man? Like do you run, are you a fan of, you know, subcontractors, you know, yeah. let's touch on that too. Do you have like outside incentives um, for the employees, you know, stuff like that? Like I'm yeah. sure the guys would love to hear it. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of the guy more into the employee model. I've got friends that run um, subcontracting models and they love it. Yeah, I personally love the employee model. So long as you dial in your, you know, who you want to hire by way of core values, you run a proper interview process, you call references and you do proper training and have your role built out. sounds like a lot of work, but a lot of this stuff you build at one time and then you just start plugging people in until you, you know, you get a rock star. Usually, you know, within the first couple of weeks, if you've got someone solid where subcontractors, I find, you know, it's that employee grid, they'll be high on a skill set but they'll have low commitment to the company, right? If you're paying them 40% of the contract, you know, if someone down the road is going to pay them 45 or 50%, they're like, peace out, I'm gone. So, and and you lose a lot of like marketing intangibles around the job site. So I'm not, a, you can grow a business with subs. It's just not been my general experience. That That's what I'll say on that. Um, when it comes to paying, I've paid percentage pay. I've paid straight hourly. Uh, the last couple of years I've been paying uh, what's called, we call it a hybrid base pay. And that's been working, landing really well for our team. And I'm talking about, you know, our technicians again in the field. So um, for us, we'll train at a base wage. Uh, I think our training wage is at like 20 bucks an hour right now. Once they're through our training program, it's a, we run a five-day boot camp where we train them on everything from customer service reviews, referrals, and then into more of the tacit skills, gutter cleaning, window cleaning, et cetera. Um, once they're through that, Landon, um, and they're starting to progress and pick things up, then we'll scooch them up, uh, usually like a dollar to 21, 22. But then comes in our, okay, what's this hybrid, Dave? So I personally don't want people selling unethically or ever being tempted to do that. And that's why sometimes if you go commission only, they're like, let's go next job, next job. And so we guarantee their base so they can hit their rent and groceries and gas up their car and do whatever they want to do. 
But then we've got this beautiful ski jump at the end. And what we do there, it, there's a there's a few different factors that we can pay for. So one, we pay for every lead that they can generate on the job site. So if a neighbor walks up, hey, do you have a card? Like, no, I don't have a card, but I'd be glad to take your information. Have our office team call you with a quote. Cool. There's money in the bank. Two, every review that they get. Mrs. Smith's happy. You guys did a great job. Awesome, Mrs. Smith. You're going to actually get a text message. You can leave us a review on Google. If you don't mind mentioning my name, it'll show my boss I'm doing a great job. Boom. Cha-ching. Each crew member, Landon, gets um, a payout there, $10 each. Um, then they got, um, we're on Jobber. So we do Jobber payments. And uh, man, we're collecting tips on, I'll actually have to quantify a percentage, but I would say one in four jobs are leaving us a tip of some kind. Might be 20 bucks. Um, we had a tech, we were out at our um, Christmas party land and he's like, you know what, man? He's like, I've generated over $2,000 this year just from tips. I'm just like, man, that's crazy. So made me pretty happy. So there's tips as well. And then we also run um, a performance-based production bonus, which is one to 3% of what their truck produces, what the crew produces, so long as the callbacks are below 5%. So if you're smoking through 10 grand of work, you're not getting that percent if you've got, you know, eight callbacks from that week. So if the quality is good and the production is good, you guys get a bonus. So what we find, Landon, is um, rather than technicians make 20, 21, 22, they can make 24, 26, 28 plus per hour. So we reward that additional performance. And if a tech's working for you 2,000 hours a year, and they can add on $5 an hour to their pay, that's $10,000 per year. Didn't necessarily come out of the company's pocket because they're generating reviews, they're getting other leads, and they're doing high quality work. And our technicians, Landon, have been with us multiple seasons. We're returning right. all of our technicians from last year. And I don't think a lot of cleaning businesses can say that. So I think this is what's revived secret sauce. I literally think it's just, we care and love on our team so much uh, that they return year over year. Hopefully that's not too rabbit trail for everybody, but that's what we do. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And I want to just kind of piggyback off Dave's point. Again, I'm sitting in the, on the, um, I'm just going to use myself as an example, because I think this is the best way I've seen this stuff all firsthand. It's not like loopy. We used to do this and it doesn't work and we're not doing it. It's like, I'm a living example. Sit down, best company I've ever worked with. By the way, here's a book club. So you can get paid to read. Because again, I took it as, okay, the best company I ever worked for is going to prepare me both professionally in the role, but also personally as an individual. Uh, one of the core values that I embody as well as Kaizen, uh, fancy Japanese word, constant never-ending improvement. That means I'm improving not only in my professional, but also my personal life, whatever those personal tasks may be. So when I'm like, man, I already read. So I'm getting sweet book recommendations and I'm also going to get paid to, to read books. It's like, well, that's a no brainer. You know what I mean? So you can get so creative on this. I think like the, this is all to say like the, your, your mind is the limit on just the creativity that you can bring to your company with like these kind of outside incentives, as long as you're leading from the frame of the leadership development, best company you've ever worked for. I mean, let this thing, you know, go to work. Uh, for you because um, it's just it's so appreciated and, and so valued well Dave yeah. okay okay so hopefully everybody's taking some value from this too I uh, taking some notes as well but 
that's all cool. We've talked about, you know, um, how we're paying them, you know, what are their roles and responsibilities? Um, you know, kind of like why you, you don't really have an option. Uh, you need to hire employees, you know, some common fallacies, but <laughs> probably this is probably a good thing, man. Yeah. How the heck do you recruit them? Like, how do you find, how do you yeah. find these employees to be good with that? Yeah. Are like some uh, the most common things you found successful, uh, mm-hmm. common traits you look for. And I think also knowing what not to do is sometimes better than knowing what to do. What's yeah. some like common flags, red flags you say they're like, hey, keep your eye on it. Yeah, man. Well, first off, I'm glad we spent a good half an hour on because this this is how you recruit them is first like build an incredible home for them to come home to. So I think that's the first thing that we've we've went pretty deep on, which is good. And then it comes into more of like tactics and strategies, right? So for us, I think the first thing, if you have one, two employees right now, um, ask them, literally say, hey, we're doubling up our revenue this year we're going to need two more rock stars. Is there anyone in your network? Um, Man, we've paid out referral fees like crazy to our team. We go $250 for a referral if they stay for a season. So we get like very busy April, May, June, July. So if they stay with us for a busy season, we'll give that employee who referred his friend, Josh, we'll give him 250 bucks. Um, We don't do land in a signing bonus, really. Like I've heard people do that before. Um, It's just never really resonated with me because if you're signing with us and we're luring you in well what's going to happen in six months or a year when another company offers a bigger signing bonus are you going to jump for that so we just have always kind of steered clear from that um, and then we'll do 500 dollars if they stay for the whole year so again same thing refer someone they stay for 12 months awesome you got 500 bucks so that's the first place i'd start is like pay your existing team before you go out to the market um, so once you've done that, I really love Indeed personally, depending on your area, you'll either pay per applicant or you'll pay per day. Uh, how we generated our 115 applicants was literally just paying $5 per day. Crazy. Uh, I think Landon, a lot of it has to do with the copywriting of your job ad. So whether you want to go chat GPT on this or, um, you know, grab a really good uh, job ad, I, I'm kind of a nerd for this. So I play around with different titles, different write-ups, but we found now a job ad that's dynamite that we use for Revive and also for uh, all our members inside HSBC. Um, so that's worked super well for us. Uh, and so uh, indeed, and then I'd also take it to Craigslist. Craigslist is a little bit of a roll of the dice, but you know, it's, uh, I'd call it like employer beware who you're hiring, but man, we've hired some good people um, off Craigslist as well. So um, yeah. Do you want me to go through our whole like hiring process, Landon, or should we just keep this in recruiting for now? Um, yeah. I mean, let's, we can touch, like, why don't we touch on um, a little bit, you know, let's sure. get a 30,000 foot view because we've talked about, you know, firstly, look for, you know, internally, externally, mm-hmm. get with your referrals, indeed, Craigslist, like Facebook, even as well, too. Yeah. Um, I know that you said some success there, but yeah, what's a 30,000 foot view on the kind of the, the process? Yeah. Also, I think one last thing for recruiting would be like, look at your inner circle, like literally just sharing, like if you all have a company page, right, let's call it uh magic pressure washing, then I would be personally sharing the updates from magic pressure washing to your personal Facebook page and literally saying, Hey, we're bringing on, we're rapidly growing. We're bringing on three more people. 
um, please share with anyone you might think is interested. So you want to like just create a lot of buzz around the position that you've hired. And, and what a perfect time right now to be hiring while there are applicants in the market. Um, there's there's people looking for their next career. So, um, but yeah, for overall process, guys, this is just top of funnel recruiting. You need a killer job ad once you've got that you get it posted. And then this is where a lot of business owners mess up. They get a resume and then they call them and say, oh, you sound pretty good. Do you want to come to the job site? No, no, no. We got to move into onboarding. And so first I get a nice resume. I'll just tell you everything we do. We text the candidate. Hey, Landon, thanks for your interest. Um, do you have five to 10 minutes for a short phone call? Can they text? Can they communicate? Landon message back. Yeah, I'm actually good. I'm good in an hour, whatever. Cool. I'll call you then. Awesome. Now you're into a conversion call. This is a 10 minute conversation before this is like dating, right? Before you go on a blind date, doesn't Hermosi say this, Landon, pick up the phone, yeah, call them. Like I just, it's so true. I don't move my car unless I'm calling or confirming. Like it's just, it's not, not worth it. So you call them, chat them up. This is just a conversation. Pretend you're having a quick coffee with them. What are you looking for? Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you local, etc.? Cool. If you're getting good vibes from that, don't read into it too much. Set up a time to meet them. Through the pandemic, we did a lot of online interviewing on Zoom. Now we're all in person. We bring them to the office. Then you're into Lannan. You're running a behavioral-based interview. You're running through 45 minutes or so, asking them specific questions. This is all the templates we have in our program. Exactly. You want to drill down ask probing questions to learn what their core values are. If they're checking out, then you ask them to text you one reference. You call that reference, not their priest, not their mother. You're literally asking for a past employer reference. You call them, check that they're good. Then you bring them into onboarding. You give them our uniform, sign off on paperwork. Then they're into your five-day training bootcamp. And so that's 30,000 feet, man. And if you guys want bonus points, build a careers landing page. It'll cost you a couple hundred bucks. I should go on your website today, see careers or join our team. I click that nice pictures of your team, maybe a video testimonial, list your core values. And there should be a link to an application page right there. You can use Google forms. You can use JotForm, whatever. If you, if I rattled off all that and you don't have that in your process, I would fix it. I would fix it this week and this month. I would not hire a single person unless you're following that process because it's scalable. You can bring on two people, six people, 20 people with that methodology. It's the furthest thing from how most contractors hire Landon, which is throw your finger in the air. I've got a good feeling about Bill. Let's bring him out to the, it's like, no, we skipped all the actual hard work and we just brought him out to site. So that's like, 30,000 foot view, how we run things, um, at revive and what we coach on as well. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll kind of share a personal story with that. I'm 17. Uh, I'm not going to post-secondary gents. Uh, just does not agree with me, but I'm 17. I know everything. I, nobody can tell me nothing. You know, you just graduated high school. You're on top of the world. And, uh, I remember I, I went into carpentry. Okay. So not glamorous. I know Dave called, you know, I'll tell you this too. Dave called me a pretty boy on one of the training yeah. calls and I caught him because right. about a year ago, I caught him. Yeah. <laughs> we started out. Okay. So 17, we're on the job. This was the, um, this was the process. My buddy was working at the, at the job, at the company, referred me, boss, boss gives me a phone call. 
literally five minutes. Cool. I need you to get this, this, this. Monday, 7 a.m., see you there. Okay, now I'll tell you another funny story. So that was this process, which again is like super common. This is what's gonna happen. Okay, so we're building an exterior foundation walls. Uh, the guy uh, who was training me, again, no training process whatsoever. He's like, go get me a two by four, lineal, 16 foot. No problem. Grab a piece of wood, which I only grabbed one. Again, which no, 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 it's minimum four. I don't care if it's 50 pounds on your shoulder. That's just the unsaid code. Again, no system, order of operations, nothing. So I come back with one piece of wood, <laughs> but it's a two by six. Okay, it wasn't even a two by four, it was a two by six. That's how green I was, okay? But again, no processes, no onboarding, no structure. What else do you expect, yeah. right? So again, I've, I've gone through that personally. Uh, and again, it's, you guys know this uh, for a fact, but that's just a funny little story here uh, for you. But it's, I think it's a question that Dave, we need to ask like, you know, employees cost money, right? And that's a terrible way to look at it. But let's say you're looking at it like the vast majority of contractors, it's just bottom line employees. Oh shoot, that's what it costs my balance sheet, right? If, if we even know our numbers, which yeah. that's another debate. Question. What is it costing you not to have employees, guys? I want you to ask like that question because again, sometimes it's more powerful to know what what is this costing you, what you don't know versus what you do know. Yeah, I would argue, Dave, and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong or anybody on here. I would say for each and every single person on here, not having a proper team in place is is literally probably two hundred fifty thousand a year. Like uh, yeah, with, easily a proper foundation, I would say that minimum. Easily, like I would say, guys, employees don't cost you money like they do to a degree, but they return on their investment, right? The only reason we have employees is because we can we can pay them $25 per hour and we can contract them out at four times that per hour and make $100 an hour. So if you look at a million dollar business, um, if you're contracting out at 100 an hour, you need 10,000 hours of labor. Well, if you could truly work your team members for 2000 billable hours per year, which there's drive time, so it's not going to be that high, you could hit a million bucks with five techs. And that's why it, it's, it's not super complicated math to see that. I think sometimes we get the business owner, Landon, who's doing, you know, 400 grand, let's say. And rather than have his direct labor floating in that 25 to 30% range, their direct labor is 250 grand and it's floating well above 50%. Well, of course, there's going to be no money left over because that business, you're paying the employee 25 an hour and they're only billing out at 51 per hour. So if you're getting a 2x return, it's not good enough to stay in business. So I think you need minimum 3x, ideally 4x. I've seen companies that bill their guys out at 5 or 6x. So it's going to be a bit market dependent. But you know, if you're paying out 100 grand in wages and, and um, employment insurance and all of this, there should be returning land in three to 400k on the top line. That's just, that's the trade. Otherwise, it just the model just doesn't work. So I think most pricing strategy, most how do I say this? Most business owners right now are pricing with a self-employed business model, trying to hire employees and be an entrepreneur. And it's not working because the money's not there. Mm -hmm. I would, I would totally agree. I mean, we've seen that we have a formula in the program. Um, and it just makes so much sense. Like when you go through it, 
Like I was just like just catching up on some of the material about three weeks ago, and I was like, man, like, it, it, but it's hilarious though, like how many employee, you know, uh, business owners I've spoken with, where they're just like, again, we've said this so many times, they just have created a job that the, they work at. And, yeah. and, and here's the real kicker on that too, is like, you know, I don't know how many of, of, of the guys on the call, I mean, uh, Dave, you know, uh, Alex, you're going to have a kid soon, right? Um, so I don't know how many of you guys have kids on the call, but it's, it's crazy because here's how I think like with life, some of the hardest things you can possibly do. Have a healthy marriage, I think is one of the, the top things with also kids that are, I don't mean to offend contributing to society. You know what I mean when I say that? Not these, not that, I guess, my generation, these gens, these or whatever. You know what I mean? I got Some of you. the hardest things, right? Some of the hardest things I think on planet Earth. I think right behind that would be to start a business, right? And in, in everything that entails, you know, like how much of the of the checklist is there to start a business? It's like a it's like a never-ending checklist almost, right? And it doesn't yeah. seem like, oh, where's all the money gonna come from to do even start this? And I think it's absolutely insane that you do it alone, whether you don't hire employees, whether, hey, let's hire somebody that's been there, done that before. Hey, let's even go talk to somebody like a local business owner. Let's create that relationship there. You know, yes, I got to invest time, like spend the money, take them out to dinner. And it's like, again, if thousands of guys were not doing these things and it's like, okay, If you want a certain result, you need to have certain actions. And I think that's the vast majority of what we've seen, Dave, is you don't know what you don't know. School hasn't taught you this. Nobody's taught you this, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's like the biggest thing. But Yeah. Well, I think, I think most business owners, too, they vastly underestimate the amount of effort it's going to take to grow a business. And, you know, it's that age old quote, like you're either growing or dying. And I think you need to make sure your business continues to grow. It doesn't need to grow at, you know, a hundred percent year over year, but it should grow up, you know, so that it can be a real asset for you. And I think it's, it's a 40 hour work week to work in your business as a technician or the office manager, whatever your role is it's easily landing another 40 hours a week just to run the business to make sure you've got a budget. Well, Dave, you say to interview, when do I do that? When do I build the landing page? How do I go through candidates? All that is working on top of the business. And that's how you add this 80 hour work week where you're half time technician, half time entrepreneur. It's just crazy. So it's like, if you're newer to business and your mindset is open to be molded, consider yourself advantaged because I'd say Lennon, we don't really coach people that have been in business more than five, six, seven years. Cause they're, mm-hmm. you're, you're maybe we do, but I don't, I think they're generally newer ish companies that are like, let's build this once and build it right the first time. Cause it's hard to unlearn kind of those habits. Yeah. Casey Johnson, he's like a, he's yeah. like a guy that pops to mind, man. I mean, seven years in business and he was one of those like kind of oddballs where, uh, you know, hey, well, obviously I don't know something because seven years I'm still ripping, you know, the truck, you know, kind of like that 50-50 split technician to entrepreneur, man. And it was just such a, a joy to see. But yeah, I mean, that's actually a really good point that you mentioned that. It's usually two to maybe five years, like, yeah. you know, yeah, sort of. So yeah, it's yeah. actually, I've never even thought about that before. Yeah, really interesting. It's harder to build habits than it is to unlearn bad habits, I would say as well, too. 
I guess we'll caveat that too, because Kevin's got a good comment there. It, it's kind of similar, Lan, and I, I, you know, you had your interview with AJ, um, one of our members, uh, soon to be coach, mm-hmm. and AJ said he had his business for I think six, seven years before he took it seriously. Right, a lot of, and that's really common in in a lot of these window cleaning, pressure washing businesses. They're like. They do 50K a year and, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, but they don't know a lick about what we just talked about for the last hour. So like, I think I'll, I'll say of like, when you've actually committed to be like, okay, let's actually build this like a business. I think if you're in a few years of that, it's kind of a sweet time to have a conversation. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, just like an open invite to everybody here, like hopefully you took some, took some value away, like took some notes as well too. Um, but you know, I took my teeth out this morning. Uh, we don't bite schedule a call. Like <laughs> at worst case, we'll, we'll guide you. And I know that I've already spoken to, to a couple of you guys, uh, on here as well too, but, uh, I encourage anybody maybe watching this after on, on the replay, you know, like you literally have nothing to lose, but you have everything to gain. Um, and again, we could, we could talk about this until we're blue in the face, but it really comes down to, you know, the leader is in, in the leadership skill is the cap on the business. I mean, man, I can tell you what not to do in a business. Yeah. Like I've heard, maybe I've shared that with a couple of you listening, but um, really shifting that mindset as well to listening to these things, getting on these webinars, listening to the podcast, but there's only so much information you can consume unless information is implemented which <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's, that goes off the tongue easy in a sentence, but yeah. an actual like practice, it's a whole nother uh, ball game. So get around like-minded individuals, get around that support and that community uh, that you need, because it's a lonely road and it doesn't have to be uh, when you're building well, a business. That's one more thing, Landon, I wanted to say was like, I've had it both ways and I've been on the truck, you know, the owner operator doing 150 K a year, trying to figure it out. And now I'm in the position where I have a team. Like, for example, I just this morning I was in at the office today. We have one of our technicians um, who we actually are turning over, unfortunately, because he is retiring early and moving to Mexico and like uh, his 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 wife can now work remote. And so, you know, he threw like a little party for him uh, in the office, which was cool. He's been with us the last three years or so. And, um, you know, my manager is like pulling me in the office. I'm like, what's up? He's like, Hey, you have to sign a card for our technician. And he's like, I went out and bought uh, you know, a $200 gift card to like his favorite thing. And it's all in this. And I'm just like, man, like made me so happy going in the office. I didn't, I knew we had a meeting today, but I didn't know we were even doing all of this. And it's just like, so cool to see again, there's that core value fit people are bought and we're not revives, not perfect. I'm just illustrating like what can happen when this, this organism starts to grow beyond just the owner. You don't need to start thinking up all this stuff. You're going to have smart people on your team that can think, Hey, this person's been with us three years. We should probably do something pretty nice for them. So, um, it, it will cascade down from you, the owner to your managers, if you have them and to your technicians. And so, just do some thinking this week on how can you make your place of, of work and employment? How can you make it a better opportunity to join and stop looking at hiring for just a job and start thinking, man, what if this became a career? What would be possible to build if I had a killer office manager and a killer ops manager and I had four, six or eight technicians and, you know, we could do 600 K a year and I could, you know, make 200 in profit, 200 grand per year. Like it's like, 
that's where I want you guys to start dreaming because it is possible and it all starts with you, the leader and everything we talked about today. Totally. I love it. Love it. Love it, Dave. I got nothing else to add, but a quote, I guess. And it's kind of like, it's like right on your point. And to wrap back to who, not how, a real actionable step today, gentlemen, is uh, gentlemen, gals, ladies, guys, get the book, who, not how. Uh, We're not affiliated. (laughs) It's just that dang good of a book. Um, It was actually hilarious. I'll I'll kind of sidetrack that. I was in, I was in chapters of our like local bookstore up here in Vancouver and you know, I'm like, I'm like looking through and I'm like 10 minutes. Okay. This just is like the literal perfect example this is hilarious. I'm searching it for 10 minutes. No, I don't need to ask anybody, you know, I can find it. 10 minutes goes by. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've been over this rack like three times. So I go to the, I go to the girl, like, you know, that works there. I'm like, Hey, like, can you help me find this book? She's like, okay. She recruits her manager. So there's us three looking for the book. Right. And it was hilarious because the manager looks over this one section and I just see out of the corner of my eye, the book, last one. I'm like, ha, isn't this hilarious? I'm buying a book on how, who, not how. And yet I was so stubborn that I didn't recruit yeah. the people I needed to in order to find the dang book. Like what a lesson. Yeah. But, so I, but nevertheless, this is a quote uh, from the book and it's, and it's, it's by Meredith Williams. If you build, pile up enough tomorrows, you'll find you are left with nothing but a lot of empty yesterdays and just like super powerful. I'll do my visions tomorrow, do the core values later in the week. It's like that stuff literally like <laughs> cannot wait. It is not only costing you hundreds of thousands of revenue, yeah. but also peace of mind in time. So I, I got a quote too <laughs> to close up. Oh, um, let's go. Let's and go. That, that's guys. You, you cannot, I love outsourcing and hiring everything. You guys know that, but there's a quote, you cannot outsource your own pushups. And I think that is true when it comes to building systems in your business. Yes, at some point you could probably hire someone to build all this stuff for you. But I think as business owners, you need to see the validity in it and you need to struggle with it a bit yourself and actually have a really solid recruiting process. That's a system in your business. And we talk about this. What does system stand for? Save yourself time, energy, and money. And that's the only reason why we make it. So again, big mindset. I'm in business for a decade, you know, flip a coin, you're probably going to be hiring over a hundred staff in the next 10 years. Why don't we spend March, 2023 and build out a really solid hiring process so that we can have this funnel built where we can have people come through it. And we now get really good at it. And now hiring for us, it's never easy, but I think it has become more natural. We get an application in, we know exactly what to do next, um, next step, next step, next step. It's not super foreign anymore. Yeah, totally. I'm, and I'm firsthand people. I'm first, I'm firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. So uh, Dave, that, that's all I got. That's all I got for us today. I mean, again, hopefully uh, Devin, Kevin, Evan, uh, Eddie, and Simon. Wow, everybody's arriving today almost. <laughs> Love yeah. it. Uh, thanks. You guys are all troopers. Thanks for uh, thanks for staying with us. Hopefully, you're able to take some value. But uh, any last thoughts? Any last thoughts, Dave? No, I'm just um, all about that who, not how. It's funny. Um, you know, I, I have a very similar storyline. And when I hit a grocery store, my uh, my wife sends me out to pick something up. And I don't know where the coconut milk is or whatever I'm picking up. I just go, I'm just scanning. Who can I ask first? I'm like, boom, where's the thing? And, and I am not, Oh, the man needs to be the big dog and no, 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 I do not have the answers. I want to find who the expert is lining. Cause I want to save my time. If this could be done in 12 minutes 
uh, as opposed to 31 because I just don't care about being right. I just want to save time. So it, yeah. it, it just changes your whole paradigm on how you view things. And I think when you start going who, not how, and you start thinking who can be my expert, you start saving time. And that kind of wraps up hiring in a nutshell. I don't want to be the expert on the job site or the expert in the office or the expert in sales or managing the crews. I just want to build the whole car. I want to build the whole machine and then have a really good driver of, of operations, a really good driver of office. And that's all an entrepreneur does. You're not a good doer. You're honestly not a good doer. You're a really good designer and you're a people magnet. And so I think a lot of you on today's call, catching the recording, you need to start leveling up your hours per week in design. I would say half my week, Landon, up to half could be done in design, just of creating new things and spinning up new ideas. That's what an entrepreneur does. So you're still taking action, but you're designing. You're not repeating repeatable processes because that's the stuff you want to hire people to do. Totally. Yeah, I love it. And if anybody, I'm shamelessly plugging this. Uh, just drop my calendar link in there if you want to hop on another call or uh, where we haven't spoke uh, as well too. Please let us know. But um, yeah, appreciate everybody's time. It was awesome. Absolutely. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for jumping on. We'll see you later. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.